Welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast, the most influential and listened to podcast in auto detailing. Welcome to the community. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast. This is Nick. You can find us at HyperClean Store, but to get involved, go to HyperClean Specialists on Facebook. That group is growing slowly but surely, and we're getting more and more good content in there, good questions, how to use the product, what should we do, here's what I did. Uh, it's a great group to be a part of. Today, I'm going to talk about a couple topics. Uh, we're not going to talk much about cars, although I did uh, get to drive an 812 comp this morning uh, for about an hour and a half, give it a little workout, get it out of the garage. And every time I get in one, it always reminds me of why I detail cars. And that's why I always wanted to be there and now getting to drive customers' cars, work them out, make sure they stay in good shape, see if we have any problems. That still gets me up in the morning. So uh, good start to the morning here on Friday. And uh, I know most of you are listening to this on Saturday, but a good start to the shop. Had a couple jobs in, nothing all that exciting, just a couple full front ends, different things like that this week. So I thought I would bring in on a couple of cool conversations I have. And when I say I've had a cool conversation, it doesn't always mean it's a great conversation. What it means is I've learned something from it, or I got great piece of information or whatever the case may be. So last week I had one of my great vendors come sit down in my shop for about two and a half hours. And that may seem excessive to a lot of you, but I know a lot of successful business owners that I respect take their vendor relationships very seriously. And one thing I want to say, if you're just starting in the detailing business or any business for that matter, it's really easy to think I can buy everything on Amazon. I can go online and just buy it. Look, HyperClean Store is an online store, but we aren't online stores like everyone else. There's many people you can never talk to the owners or the owners are only on some goofy interview that get they get softball questions. You guys really know Marty and I. How we talk on the podcast is how we talk. Uh, you can't say that about a lot of companies in detailing, and I'm proud of that. But I see guys on TikTok and Facebook and YouTube, you know, go get this cheap chemical or go use this code at this cheap place. And, you know, it'll save you five bucks on soap. And we've gone down that rabbit hole before, but this is the consequence of that. If you had a good vendor relationship with HyperClean and you, or you just bought everything on Amazon, it may seem like there's no benefit to you. Oh, well, I'll just get it on Amazon and no big deal. And I don't need a relationship. That sounds good in theory, but as you grow, what you realize is you're going to need your vendors and you're going to need good vendors. And it's not just for them, what they can do for you. It's the things they can plug you into. Let me give you an example. I think I have like 30 passes to SEMA for my team that I haven't paid a dollar for. I have people wanting me to be at their booth. I never asked for that. I have people giving me money to bring cars so they can use them at their booth. Never brought it up. They brought it up to me. This is just SEMA. The next part of this conversation is, as he sits here for two and a half hours, the things I'm able to learn are invaluable. What's going on in the film business? What's going on in the detailing business? When you are head down running your company, you can't go talk to the people your vendors talk to. And by the way, he's talking to most of your competitors. So if you have a good enough relationship, he can plug you in. He can plug you into SEMA. He can plug you into this job or that job or plug you in to learn from other owners, as I'm going to be doing in Houston when I go down there next week. I want you to think about all of these things. That 
what you're getting plugged into by having a great vendor relationship is a lot more important than saving $5 or buying a cheap $20 soap. Now, I get it that everybody has to start somewhere, but I've reiterated this a million times. I never cared how much chemicals cost because I knew it was a very minor cost in business. I cared about when I got in this business, vendors cared about the relationship. And so I cared about the relationship. And still to this day, guys are at Rupes and Griot's and all of these other companies that I have relationship with that I can get a tool from, that I could get something overnighted from because I have a 15-year a, a relationship that goes back to a whole separate company. It's pretty nice. But the guy sat here for two and a half hours. So why do I bring it up? I bring it up because we're coming to the end of the year. And at VR, when we get to the end of the year, we start thinking about next year in a big way and what we want to do. And one of the things I've really started asking myself is, do I want to scale to a bigger location with PPF? The opportunities there. I think I could do it. We got to tighten up some efficiencies, but I think we could do a ton of PPF. And I know we could do it, not even think. Part of scaling is what? Hiring people. As all of you know, hiring people is the number one thing to scaling a PPF or a detailing or a ceramic coating business or all of the above. So, I get to talking to him and say, hey, man, you travel the whole West Coast. You guys are plugged in globally. What are you hearing on the employment front? And I want everybody, if you're standing up, probably sit down because you're going to hear some numbers here that are going to really bring into focus that $15 an hour you're trying to pay someone. He goes, yeah, man, uh, it's ranging from starting salaries of any type of experienced PPF installer across the West Coast of $115,000 a year, all the way up to $250,000 a year. And they're having trouble filling them. That's a pretty intense number, isn't it? That's a smack you in the face number. Now, I knew roundabout what was going on, but did I know everything? No. So we get to talking. There's 401k. There's health insurance. You only have to work 40 to 50 hours a week. Air-conditioned shop. Paid lunch in some of these places. Meaning they're buying you lunch every day, not paid as in time, your salary. And they can't fill the jobs, guys. So I hear a lot of things about employment. That vendor relationship right there, those numbers brought into focus what I have to do exactly to scale. Would not have happened if I searched out the cheapest film. Wouldn't have happened if I just thought that it didn't matter to have a vendor relationship. This guy has plugged me into not only my competitors, but the entire West Coast and the entire global market of what's going on. So you want to go buy stuff from Amazon? No problem. These are the things that I try to pass down in these episodes because this guy sits here and I take it for granted. But when I start speaking out loud or tell Marty about the meeting, he's like, well, not everybody understands that. And I'm glad Marty says that kind of stuff. I mean, Marty tells me that all the time. You need to share this. You need to tell people. Taking care of my vendors is not a chore for me. I just do it as good business. 
But you listen to the guy, go to O'Reilly's and get this $3 soap. Okay. You're going to get what that guy has because he's a small-minded business person. When it's all about saving a buck, when it's all about you can get something here, you can, you know, juke here and you can go here and you can move here and you can save five bucks, you can save 10 bucks. Guess where this all leads? You don't have any vendor relationships. Let me give you an example. I was doing a whole PPF uh, on that Corvette. I needed some extra film overnighted. Folks, there was no question I was going to get the film. I wasn't charged for overnight shipping. These guys knew I don't do business like that. Something came up. We had an extra Porsche come in. I needed the film. They bailed me out. And not only did they bail me out, they did it with a smile on their face. They knew I was, was going to get them back by buying extra film. But also, guess what we all know as well? Guess what we all know? All of you know it. That this guy just plugged me in to what I need to do to scale my business. Because what if I go out and say, I'm going to pay $50,000 for people to come install PPF. Now, I wouldn't have done that, but let's just use that example because that's what a lot of people do. That guy or gal that's hiring is going to say, the labor market screwed up. Nobody wants to work. Well, nobody wants to work when somebody's paying $115,000 a year and you're paying fifty. If Target's paying 22 bucks an hour and you're trying to get a kid to, to, to work for $15 an hour scrubbing rims in the sun, you're off base, my man. Target's a lot easier gig. It's a seed. Go look at what a UPS driver makes. Go look at what's going on in the world. We don't want to do it. Fine. Then if you had a vendor network, you could plug in quickly. But what's the flip side of that? Hell, we got PPF vendors that are pushing a subpar, really bad ceramic coating on their installers. And guys are doing it with a straight face saying that they're a high quality installer. There's what a bad vendor relationship can do for you. And I know a lot of those guys listen, so we're having some fun with them. But you know, it's true. You know how many people we're hearing from? This coating stinks. You're putting it on cars with a smile on your face and you're wondering why your business is going down. You wonder why people are not seeing you as an authority. You got a bad vendor relationship if they're forcing you to do things that are not optimal for your customer. But there's great vendor relationships. For all the guys listening to talk to Marty and I all the time through text message, DM, or a phone call, I like to believe we're a good vendor and that we do a lot more extra than these other chemical companies. If you don't want to plug into it, it no harm, no foul. But that's a mistake. It's also a mistake to plug into a vendor relationship and not listen. It's also a mistake to not listen to educated people. I got to listen every day because I need to learn some stuff. So I'm going to transition into this other conversation I had. This is with a detailer that's been doing it a long time. This detailer has every skill in business that you can't teach. The gift of gab, great salesperson, loves to talk educated on the subject, can't teach that stuff. You can't teach a great sale, natural salesperson. He's that. But he taught me something in our phone conversation this week. So many of us have been on, you know, detail forums back in the day, now Facebook groups, uh, you know, let's talk 
about some things with YouTube pages sometimes or individuals, Facebook, business pages, business Instagrams, where you'll see somebody complaining about the customer, right? I'm complaining about the customer. And I used to only see it as complaints and hey, we all complain about stuff. So it's really not that harmful. And for the most part, that's the case. But when I was listening to this detailer, what I realized is there's a very thin line between complaining about a singular customer and being angry at all customers. And what came across in our, in our 30 to 40 minute conversation was this gentleman was really angry at everybody, angry at the industry, angry at the labor market, angry at his customers. And take it from me as a guy that when I first started my business, and I've told you guys my big fault, I, have a, I had a huge temper. And for four or five years starting my business, it did nothing but damage my business. It did nothing positive for my business. When you look at me today, Marty will even say this. I have times I get frustrated. I cool down. We talk about it. My guys, they don't ever see a temper at VR. Because I worked my ass off to get away from that because it was damaging. And it was a real fault of mine. And I know we all struggle with stuff. But I look at this guy and I get on the conversation and he teaches me something. There's a very thin line between complaining about one issue and getting angry about the people you're doing business with. And he's angry. He doesn't see it that way. And I'm not going to tell him. It's not my place. But he's angry that people don't realize how smart he is in his eyes. He's angry that customers don't listen to him or that he's not doing business with the right people. Well, because he's angry, he's not looking at what the customers he wants to do business with need from him as a business. He's just angry at the position that he's in. It's like I've said on this podcast before, everybody tells me that they want to jump into PPF and they don't realize they got to give the next X number of years of their life to being good at it. And you're going to take a lot of lumps. People want to jump into PPF and can't even hire a single body into their business. It doesn't make any sense. You're going to be stuck on one car longer than you've ever been before. And guess what? You can't hire because you've never hired. So this gentleman's angry and it taught me something that a lot of times what I thought were complaints from detailers, largely when I look back or I see a post now, I go, this person's angry and that isn't going to win. Look, man, we all get frustrated by clients not listening to us. But you got to take it on yourself and say, hey, I got to get them to listen. I got to do a better job. I got to be better at this. I got to find out what makes them tick. And then we got to the second part of the conversation. So he's angry at everybody in the world. And now he's angry because people don't want to work. I just gave you the reality of people can't find people to make 115 to 250 K laying PPF. This guy was starting people out at $15 an hour. And he's angry. People don't want to work. People don't want to work hard and this and that folks. I can tell you, they don't want to work for him. And $15 an hour isn't enough for where he lives. So all of this anger is taking away his ability to make a decision. And the decision would be he's about $10 low on the hourly. His attitude of being angry because people don't do things exactly how he sees fit, which I've been there. Every business owner can relate to that. 
you got to get over that at some point and realize what you're trying to do is get the job done and get it done with the least amount of friction, with the least amount of mistakes as you can. But I want to say this because I said it on multiple phone calls over the last three to five months. When you're hiring entry-level blue-collar jobs like we are in detailing, I'm going to give you a secret. It is not going to be easier five years from now. It's not easy now. It's going to be way harder five years from now, and it's going to be damn near impossible 10 years from now. Because when I started in 2010 as a business owner, it's infinitely harder today. So why would I think it would be easier 10 years from now, a year from now, five years from now? It's not going to be. The work ethic and what people, jobs people want to do and, and people think have respect to them is not entry-level blue-collar jobs. It's unfortunate because there's a lot of money in all of this. We all get it, but I can't change the world and neither can you. So everybody that'll listen to me, I go, hey, man, you either need to accept it, put a smile on your face and go learn how to hire entry-level blue-collar better than anybody in your area to scale which is going to be you paying a higher dollar amount every hour by significant margin. I can just tell you the secret now. And you're still going to have problems. You could pay 50 bucks an hour, guys. You're still going to have problems, but you'll have less problems. If you're struggling to hire and you're getting angry, why aren't you getting into chemical distribution? We've said it on this podcast. You can scale to a two, three, four, $500,000 business without a single employee. That's what you need to think about. If you hate hiring now, you're going to hate it more in five years. Unless you solve the puzzle of how to get people in your door and how to keep them. And that's not getting any easier. It's not easy for VR. It's not easy at HyperClean. It's not easy at Joe's detailing down the street. It's not easy. Entry-level blue collar is going to be damn near impossible to fill is the whole thing everybody's been saying for the last two to three years and, and essentially has been saying to me for the last 10 years. Diversify your business or figure it out. But being angry about it doesn't solve anything. And it's always the same anger. Nobody wants to work. Nobody works as hard as me. If people would just work hard, dude, those are, I agree. I mean, I see what you're saying, but I don't have time to be angry about it. Dude, we've dealt with so many insane employment issues at VR of people doing things that would make your head spin. I don't have time to be angry about it. We got to come to a solution. And my solution was to diversify my business. My solution was to pay my leaders more and put the onus on them more, but give them more responsibility by giving them more money and giving them more options. But let me tell you something, man, it's not perfect. My day is not perfect. It's no such thing. We got guys making a lot of money in my company, but it doesn't make it perfect. And as we sit here and have this conversation over and over and over again, the same thing happens all the time. And I missed it for a lot of years. People aren't complaining. They're angry. And when you're angry, you can't make a good decision. Take it from me as a guy that lost a lot of 
good employees and screwed up a lot because of my anger and my temper. Cost me four or five good years of my business. And I'm certainly not perfect now, but it doesn't cost me today. Those two conversations are things I wanted to share. And I hope you guys know why I share them because I get encouraged to, and I get to have so many great conversations, man, that I want to share them on this podcast when I feel necessary. But you got to understand your business. And I don't care if you're even in detailing. I know I've got a lot of people that aren't even in detailing listening to this. Being angry about business, being angry about an employee or an issue, take it from me, man. All it's going to do is screw your day up, screw your decision-making up. But we got a ton of people that are actively using HyperClean as distributors, as installers. They're killing it. They've plugged into the vendor network with us, talking to Marty and I all the time, getting advice. What should I do here? Then they're running with it. The guys that are really in our network, they're not angry about anything, man. The guys that don't want to listen or hear what's being said to them, they're really angry. And I don't wish that on anybody because that's a bad place to be, and I've been there. Angry because somebody didn't clean a window right or didn't you know, wipe the wheel perfectly. Got to move on, man. Get better. Nothing you can do. Get better. Move on. Get better. Stop with the anger. But when you're angry at customers, you're angry at the business because they don't give you the respect in the industry you think you deserve, or you're angry at your employees, that's a lose, lose, lose all the way around. And I think we got a lot of guys suffering from that. And when the tough times hit, that anger is just going to just gonna lead you to not be in business. And I don't want to see that for a lot of these good guys out there. So thought I would share it, guys. Hope you find something useful. Everybody have a great weekend. I'll talk to you next week.